You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Well, hi again, everyone. I love that music. I'm Randy Renner. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. And this is another edition of Scatter Shooting. Grant it tap, boom, boom. Where we talk about anything. And everything. Some worldly and some other worldly. <laughs> You know, last week our music was really loud, now it's really soft. <laughs> it's because it's how I do things. Uh, you know, we're still we're still tweaking. We're still tweaking some things. Even better. You know what's happening right now? I'm tweaking while we're recording. You know, you uh, are uh, able to multitask <laughs> like few other people I know. That makes me feel good that you you see. That. You know, there there are times when I really struggle to just single task. Yes, much less. Uh, multitask. That's so. true. I've witnessed said single tasking. Uh, yes, and especially if I'm <clears throat> distracted by a football game or a uh, baseball game or something like that that we're we're slowly getting back into. Yeah, you know, I watched um, last night. So before before I go to bed every night, <clears throat> I uh, my son likes to watch, or before he goes to bed. He likes to watch what we call, he says, it's time for funny videos. About 8.30. He goes to bed at 9. So about 8.30, he comes in. And let me just add this. And he likes to watch funny videos? Funny videos. Here's you know, the, he's, well, he's, there's not a whole lot of people that like to watch Joe Biden news conferences, but I guess wow. he's the... Wow. That's good. Um, you know, I, just, I knew you were setting something up, even as you started talking. So uh, we need to slow down on your whiskey because clearly... <laughs> You're already there. No. So, um, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. No. Sorry, I okay. I got there. it. Cause you said sports. That's where we're going back. Yeah. So he likes to watch funny videos. Anyway, we watch, we usually watch fail videos. And so, um, it's not something I love to do. I love to do with him. So I think it's fun. But anyway, last night we're watching and he goes to bed and I just get kind of caught in that YouTube loop, you know, where you just kind of keep going. And so, sure. And what, because they'll just keep they'll just keep up. playing. Yes, and so I've, I've been there. He, he went to bed like a good boy, and I just kept watching these videos. Well, one of them that came up was um, sports fails, and it's really the first time it had soccer and baseball. I hadn't really watched any sports in 2020, with the exception of some of the NBA playoffs. But other than that, I hadn't watched. And so I was watching some baseball stuff and I'm like, wow. And it it wasn't just fails. It turned into amazing plays, which actually was people have missed a lot of good stuff this year. I mean, oh, these were highlights from these are highlights from, from 2020. Season. Yeah. Cause there was okay. nobody in the stands. Right. Right. And some of these things were just outstanding. Now, I mean, I haven't compared it to 2019, but you know what I'm saying? Well, they, they have, I mean, that's, and and this year, I mean, it's been so strange with baseball. And as we're recording this, we're kind of in the middle of the uh, wild card playoffs. The mm. sixteen team, like the day uh, this is, we're recording this on a uh, Thursday. And uh, yesterday, as we record this, there were eight baseball playoff games on television. That's wild. Yesterday. Obviously, that's never happened before because there's never been that many playoff games. Right. uh, Ever. Not to mention on television on the same day. I mean, they were talking about it's almost like you know, the, uh, a Friday or Thursday of March, uh, Thursday or Friday. Yes. I've had too much right. whiskey already. <laughs> a Thursday or Friday of March madness, yeah. you know, where you're just in front of the TV every day and you know, it's game after game after game. And I'm a Houston Astros fan, as some people uh, know, and many others don't know. And, and if don't you're really watching care. video right now, you'd see he's decked out in his yes, H-Town shirt. H-Town shirt. Because the Strohs, who've had just a terrible uh, season, played the Minnesota Twins in the wild card playoff, who's, who've had a really good season, and the Astros swept them. <laughs> uh, wow. And it's just three games, so they only had to win uh, two, but I thought they would get swept. Hmm. And they're on the road in Minnesota, where the Twins this season were 24-7, and the best record in the American League, had not lost two straight games the entire season. Wow. Which is only 60 games, but still the entire season until this week. And they lost two straight in oh. the playoffs to Houston. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, 
So anyway, so I'm in a really good. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling really good. You're right a little now. jovial. I am. I'm. I'm jovial, and there's just something about baseball is my favorite sport. People who've known me forever already know that. Right. And to me, there are few things better than now the Strohs game. I watch most of it on uh, television. But there are a few things better on a gorgeous day like yesterday was and like today is and like the entire weekend is going to be. Yeah. Uh, from sitting sitting outside on, you know, depending upon whether you want the sun in your face or not, on the, you know, the back patio or the front porch or, you know, whatever. Depending on the time of day, you just swap, Depending right? upon the time of day, <laughs> right. Depending upon the time of day, you just swap with a beverage of your choice in your hands and your earbuds in and you're listening to baseball on the radio yeah. and i have the uh, mlb app so i can listen i can listen to every single game mm. home radio or away radio or whatever and yesterday after the strohs i listened to uh to them and watched you know on uh, television and then i just went outside and just kind of took my phone and the app and just kind of, uh, I think I'm going to listen to these guys for you a know, while. Man, and then I was like, you know, I think I'm going to listen to these guys for a while. Well, here's what awesome. I think is really just cool awesome. about that. And and, and you, you affirm or deny this, confirm or deny. So as you're talking about that, I'm thinking, you know, I don't relate to any of that in terms of I hate baseball. Um, <laughs> when I say that, I mean, I you like used going to go to a bunch of baseball well, games. That's how we met. It was I, money's Dodger, money, brother. It was a Dodger game <laughs> up in the press box. I mean, you know, I enjoy getting a behind the scenes look. I'll work for a sports team just for no other reason than my own personal interest. But at some point you go, mm, not for me. But here's the thing. Um, there are times that I can enjoy baseball, but, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I want to say is this. One of the things that I've observed in because my first thought was like listening to baseball on the radio has got to be very reminiscent to like what listening to golf would be. Um, <laughs> and and so but here's the thing. The I level, have listened to golf. I'm sure you have radio, by the way, the level of nostalgia. This is what I hear when I hear baseball because I heard baseball on the radio. And even in 2020, if you can get rid of the politics and you can get rid of the the current stuff when you just hear just a bit outside or you hear, you know, right down the middle, you know, you hear them call the pitch. It sounds like something that you would have heard from the forties, fifties, sixties. And I think that there is something endearing about that. And so as you describe it, you know what I want to do? I want to go in the backyard, light up the fire, sit there with my earbuds in and listen to a baseball game. Well, you know, with the, um, and, and this kind of started, like you said, really it started in the, 40s, 50s, and then, you know, when I was a kid, I was in the 60s. And some of the the radio play-by-play guys, especially the ones who were with a specific team for a long time, mm. they were kind of collectively called the Voices of Summer. Oh, yeah. And my, which is absolutely true. Yeah. Me, as a Houston Astros fan and a kid Growing up in the 60s, a guy named Gene Elston was my voice of summer. For Cardinal fans, depending upon the era, their voice of summer was Jack Buck. Jack Buck and Mike Shannon, or maybe earlier, Harry Carey and Jack Buck. Harry Carey was the one that I could have said. Uh, And uh, for others, for the Chicago Cubs, Jack Brickhouse was their voice of summer. And mostly it's always... The voice of summer is a guy on the radio, yeah. Not necessarily, although you know, television can be, but but more the voice of summer because you have them either you know you have headphones on now it's earbuds. Back in those days, in the earlier days, it was a transistor radio that you had in your pocket mm-hmm. and a little earphone, you know that that you had, and that's what. And sometimes I would be listening to the Astros late at night, if they were playing the Dodgers or the Giants out on the West coast, mom would come in, make sure you were asleep. And of course (laughs) I would pretend to be asleep, but I had my, my, in those days, it was just a little earphone. It was a one, one piece, one one little cable. Yeah. And I had that in my ear listening to Gene Elston and Lowell pass from Mm. Dodger stadium or candlestick park, letting me know, 
how the Strohs were doing. Because, you know, it was a 9 o'clock or a 9.30 yeah. first pitch in Oklahoma. Right. And, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, you know, the bedtime was 9, 9.30, <laughs> 10 o'clock, depending upon how old I was. But I would always, if they were on the West Coast, I would always have the earphone in listening to them. And, of course, I would pretend to be mm-hmm. asleep. And sometimes I would go ahead and fall asleep with the, that still going on. But th- th- that was my voice of summer. And for other people of that generation, their voice of summer might be, like I said, Jack mm-hmm. Brickhouse or Jack Buck. Was or Harry Carey Harry Carey. Well, for a while, uh, Harry Carey and Jack Buck were on the radio doing the Cardinal games. Cardinals, okay. And then uh, Harry did also did White Sox and did the Cubs. Did, um, a lot of the Cubs stuff was, of course, on television on WGN. Right. And there, you know, were other other people. And so, depending upon where you grew up, your voice of summer would generally be obviously if you were a if you weren't a baseball fan, it was you maybe didn't have a voice of summer. Your voice of summer would be mom or dad going, hey, it's time for supper. Come on in. You know, that was the voice of summer. Yeah. But if you were a baseball fan uh, in those days, as a lot of people were, because in those days it truly was the national pastime. Yeah. Because, man, you really did pass a lot of time going to baseball. Yes, you did. But it, it was something I, you know, geez, I remember as a kid, the highlight of my summer mm-hmm. was when we would go on vacation down to the Texas coast and there would always be, we would plan it around, you know, because it didn't matter, you know, when you were going to Galveston, if you were going in the summer of Corpus Christi, you know, it was going to be there the whole summer. Right. What mattered was when are the Strohs at home? Yeah. You know, and so you go, okay, well, they're playing this, you know, they're playing at home here, they're playing at home here and dad would get the vacation or mom because she worked some as well get their vacations lined up and we would always go to at least one game who's who's the iconic player who's the guy that you're like oh i can't wait to see him play this summer who's the guy well if it was was the strohs i mean it would depend but you know jimmy Wynn, the toy cannon was his nickname because he was a little guy Hmm. But boy, could he hit the ball. In fact, Jimmy Wynn was one of, I think, three guys in the history of the Astrodome that hit a home run into the upper deck at the Astrodome. And Jimmy Wynn was like 5'9 and 170 pounds, something like that. So that's... So about like my build. So he had... (laughs) No, nowhere close. But he had tremendous power. So he's a little guy with tremendous power, and that's why they nicknamed him Hmm. the Toy Cannon. Because wow. he was so little, but he could really blast it. And uh, so he, you know, he was a lot of fun. And, you know, some of those other guys, they had great nicknames in those days, too. A guy by the name of Doug Rader was their third baseman. He had red hair and a very outgoing personality. His nickname was the Red, red Rooster. Red, oh, Red Rooster. The Red Rooster. Gotcha. And uh, so, you know, you had the Red Rooster and the <laughs> Toy Cannon on the same team and you know those were and you still have obviously you still have nicknames in baseball but you know sometimes i think when you're a kid mm-hmm. whatever era you grew up in though that's where you know the best nicknames were that's when the best players were all like this because you're just so impressionable at that young age mm-hmm. and and plus when i was a kid you're for the most part you're Every baseball game is on the radio. Mm. That's how you get it is on the radio. Because then back then there was only one baseball game on television during the week. You know, now they're on multiple games are on, you know, tell all the time. Cable TV. Yes. But back then it was NBC's game of the week, Mm. Saturday afternoon. That was all there was. And then occasionally some teams and the Astros were, among them, a Sunday road game was on television. No games at home were on television because they thought in those days it would mess up the attendance, the, the attendance mm. at, at the ball games. You didn't have you didn't have what we have now, Fox Sports Oklahoma or you know whatever it is. And so the Astros road game Sunday road games were generally on television, and NBC had the national game of the week on Saturday afternoons. Hmm. That was it. 
nothing else was on television, but every game was was on on the radio. And so you had your imagination, mm. you know, working for you. What's that? And so you know you went, <laughs> right. I mean, it doesn't happen. You know, you, right. it's a whole different thing now. But back then, you know, you were you know they were at a place where you know you'd never been. I'd never been to Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're talking about it, and they were very descriptive. And what you know, you're looking at it, and you're like, wow. You know, you don't wonder what that, and it was just, you know, for a summer afternoon or evening or whatever, you know, and you're listening to that. And of course you're hoping against hope that your team was, would win. The Strohs were terrible in those days. So it was very rare that, you know, that you would even get, but you just, it was just one of those times when, you know, and, and sometimes it would be a family thing or Mm. with certain members of the family i mean you know mom didn't really care much about it but dad would be a big baseball fan my brother would be a big baseball fan and so summer evenings you know we'd go sit out on the on the back porch or out in the front you know with the sun going down or whatever and had turned the transistor radio up and listen to listen to baseball Mm. and a lot of people a lot of families growing up kids growing up that's what they did. And uh, that's so, you know, I mean, that's that was the way it was back in the day. And so now, you know, I tend to like to do that, except now, you know, I you have the ability with technology, what it is. And, you know, and I used to dream of it. Oh, wouldn't it be cool someday? <laughs> well, some days some here. Days now. Yeah, someday is here now. And so I, you know, like yesterday, I was just the going around. is from, now. Yes. <laughs> going around from game to game to game and listening to the voices, the various voices of summer yeah. that are out there now. Well, I played baseball when I was a kid. And, I did too. Uh, you know. Not very well. I played first base generally because I, I did not have very good speed. Yeah, I did okay. I was uh, third base and I'll, I did some uh, left field, um, just depending on the need. But I was not an outfield guy because I could never, I could never really figure out, you know, when the ball hit the bat as to where exactly it was. So I was like, start coming in, it would be all right. Start going out, it would. But I couldn't figure that stuff yeah. out. At first base, it was fairly clear cut. Yeah, catch it from whoever's throwing it to <laughs> right. you, right? Well, <clears throat> that's uh, 17 minutes of baseball. Okay. So, what else you want to talk about? Two, two hours and 45 minutes later, and we'll uh, finish a game. Apparently, <laughs> baseball finds its three hours, right? Yes, yes, it, yes, it does. Magical. But you know what? On a on a uh, on a nice summer evening. That's all the good. You know, it that is. all the good. And I think here's here's my point. Here, here's why I even bringing this up. You know, I talked about the nostalgia. I think that that is the draw. And right now, there's, without getting, like, to, to really take advantage of nostalgia, you kind of have to go back. You have to be in situations where you see things that are old or whatever. But in baseball, listening on the radio, even in modern day, it still feels nostalgic. And I think right. that that's pretty neat. And you know, the other thing about baseball because there's so much there's so much time in a baseball game where nothing really is going on right. you know, time between pitches and stuff like that it is very to to me other people may i mean obviously some people are tremendously bored by it and don't pay any attention to it for me especially if if it's been a really busy day at work or mm. a lot of crazy things have happened it's very calming yeah to listen to a baseball game. And obviously, it has its moments where, you know, people are like, you know, base hit out of the left, runners going to the side, whatever. Oh. But then there's <laughs> other times, down. then there's other times where they're telling, and one of the greatest at that, at telling stories is Vin Scully, who finally now is, you know, retired. He's been retired for a couple of years. Uh, and, you know, Vinny was on TV for, for a while, but I never really had much of a chance to listen to him on radio or to watch him do Dodger games uh, until I got, you know, the MLB uh, app where you can watch, you know, other games on TV or listen uh, on the radio. And he, he, (laughs) the amazing thing about Vin Scully, he did when he was doing Dodger games, obviously when he was doing the game of the week, he had, you know, two or 
sometimes one or sometimes two other guys in the booth with him when he was doing NBC's Game of the Week back in the day. But when he was doing, a lot of the times when he was doing radio and then when he was doing television on the Dodger TV network, by himself, he was by himself. You know, most, uh, as far as I know, he's the only, especially here nowadays, and Benny, he retired a couple of years ago. But up until the year he retired, he was still, when he was on television doing Dodger games on TV, just him. No color guy or no middle innings guy. Wow. Usually on the radio, you have a, a main guy and then a guy that'll do the middle innings or, you know, the other innings or whatever. And on TV, you always have a play-by-play guy and a color guy. Mm-hmm. Well, Vin Scully, it was just him. <laughs> and he, you talk about a calming influence on whatever and then would fill the time in between with the because i mean you know he started doing dodger games back in the 50s and so he's got all these stories you know something would happen and he would be well you know that reminds me of the time when duke snyder (laughs) back in 1957 would you know ball one outside and duke would go over here and there's a ground ball that's foul off the left side but Snyder would go, you know, and he would tell you, and it was a always just a fascinating story about this. And that's how you, you know, and he would do that by himself, you know, and, you know, he didn't retire till he was well into his 90s. Wow. And here's a guy that's, you know, sharp as a tack, you know, remembering all this stuff and telling stories. And, you know, tell, number one, he's reaching back to tell this story, but still keeping you informed as to what's going on in the game. And he's like 93 years old. That's awesome. And so he should yes. run for president being as sharp as he is. Yeah. Old. Yeah. There are, there are some guys that are, aren't even that old that you wonder. Can't quite pull that off. Yeah. Can't quite pull that off. So, um, so I want to encourage our listeners. Um, we want to hear what you think about baseball and, uh, and maybe not just baseball, but sports in 2020. Talk about nostalgia. Um, we would love to hear from you. You can go to anchor.fm slash scattershooting. That's one way you can get there. Or you can go to streamgrace.com, click on the scattershooting button. Either one of those will get you there. And on that page, you will find a button that says message. And you can record a little message for us. And if it's uh, family friendly, we can use it uh, on the podcast. So we'd love to hear from you. And uh, as the producer of this show, the very talkative, interrupts all the time producer, um, I would love to. And be it's able to... a good thing that you do because sometimes I get way off into the ditch. Well, it is called scatter shooting. So it is, yes. That was the safety valve that we put on the name of the show so that we wouldn't have to worry about you know, the, doing that. The funny thing is, as you bring up scatter shooting, I really, going into when we started this, I really had no intention of talking about baseball. Yeah, and, I'm not surprised. And it just. It just kind of happened. happened. Well, yeah. it's, I brought up the well. We talked about the sports and bloopers and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do have a question for you. Okay. Our last podcast, we uh, we discussed conspiracy theories. Oh right, yes. And I sent you some links. And I'm putting you on the spot. <clears throat> Did you watch any of the things I sent? I you? watched uh, the uh, the amazing. Uh, I've already. I'm I'm scattered, smothered. Above in, uh, majestic. Yes, yes. Above majestic. Yes, above majestic. And uh, it was really fascinating, especially when they were talking about the lizard people who live <laughs> under the air. There, there yeah. were a couple of times there when I was like, right. Uh, I don't know about this. Sure. But yes, I like how near the end, all of a sudden you're like, wow, how did they get from here to here? If they are completely fabricating everything it's impressive it is they really tied it together nicely yes yes it is and you know and some of that's because some of it is you know when they start talking about some of it you're you're like whoa right that's some good stuff you're smoking (laughs) exactly and then though at other times you're like you know what i can i can kind of see that yeah or you know it's not that or me anyway yeah I don't have to make that big of a leap mm-hmm. to be right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, 
Pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. I think, yes. too, for me, uh, watching that documentary in light of 2020 and knowing when it was recorded was just 2017, 2018, um, speaks kind of volumes because one of the things that when they talked about the, the indictments that were going on near the end of it, I thought that was pretty interesting because um, because they've come to fruition. You, you right. can talk about indictments and all that jazz, but when you actually see, oh yeah, they've actually done all those things, then it, it kind of leads, lends credence to the validity of more of the stuff in the documentary. Well, and the fact that it says documentary instead of mockumentary, which is the topic I want to transition to. Okay. What's your favorite mockumentary? You know, I'm not even sure that I know what it is you're talking about. <laughs> I know you wouldn't know. That's why I set you up with that. Have you heard of, uh, well, there's several. Uh, Spinal Tap is probably the most legendary, or this oh, is Spinal oh, Tap. Oh, okay, where they fake up a, uh, like Spinal Tap's about a rock and roll band that doesn't exist, right? Yes, yes. So it's sort of like uh, the uh, FBI investigation into Russia collusion. It very much like that. Okay, That's yeah. also gotcha. in the same genre. They just haven't, I don't know if I've seen the actual footage of that one yet. I think it's in process. But yes, it's a lot like Spygate. Is that what it's called? Spygate? What, the whole Russia, the collusion, Russia collusion thing? thing? Or Collusion Gate? Or, uh, does yeah. it have a well, gate? Well, no, you know what? I don't, I don't know. That. And, and, you know, and, and of course, more information has come out about that recently from the Senate uh, investigation that uh, a lot of this was stuff that uh, that uh, Hillary Clinton yeah uh, bought and paid for as a way to discredit Donald Trump obviously other people of a different uh, political bent mm-hmm. than uh, what I have will probably just say bah that's BS right and uh, but I, I mean you know it, there was a full investigation into this that's uncovered some things and one of Christopher Steele's sources turned out to be a spy for the russians and jim comey was before the one of the senate committees i remember the senate intelligence committee here the other day this week you know when they were asking him oh you know what about all that you know and he as they as somebody somebody i heard somebody say on the on the uh, news talking about it he had the sergeant schultz defense <laughs> right and some people Something depending upon your age, you may not know who Sergeant Schultz is, but for people of my age, most of them will know Sergeant Schultz, who was in Hogan's Heroes back in the '60s, because he was being asked questions about, well, uh, you know, Mr. Former Director, what did you know about, or did you know, and he was like, I know nothing, nothing. <laughs> that was Sergeant Schultz, and Jim Comey was like. Uh, you know, I really don't uh, recall that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Senator, no, I don't uh, No, As far as I know, nobody's told me about that. Oh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. BS, BS, BS. Yeah, it's, that's the thing that's kind of interesting to me is, you know, what hasn't got a lot of attention, and I'm, I'm kind of curious as to why this hasn't, there hasn't been more time spent on this, but it's, as I remember it, there's not even um, it's not a question anymore that the Obama campaign literally illegally spied on the Trump campaign um, or not the Obama campaign. It was in the well, the Obama the, office, the Obama for administration, administration, the Hillary Clinton yes. campaign in, in well, 2016. I mean, you know, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's no doubt about it. But yeah. I mean, you know, I, obviously other people have different uh opinions yeah. well and it's hard to me you know you look at if, if that in fact was happening you're talking about russia gate sliding right into um you know right into the next year so you have the same basically the same people who would have done the bugging who's right. who's doing the next portion right of and it, it also kind of falls into you know we talked about this in one of our previous uh podcasts nancy pelosi talking about disinformation campaigns and how you go about doing that yeah well this falls perfectly in line with what she was talking about right and you know there are other things that you know say and especially and and really not much of this works unless most media members are on your side yeah if they're not on your side well you know they're gonna 
start chipping away at things and they're going to be like, well, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. This really isn't real here. But if they're on your side, then they're going to be pumping out all of this stuff. And it becomes much easier than what it what it would be otherwise. Because then at that point, you can be doing something nefarious. Right. And then you, because the media is on your side, or at least most of the media is on your side, you plant a story with them that is just the exact opposite that this is something you have done exactly but you come up with a a scheme to where it points to your opponent mm -hmm. that he or she is the one who's doing what you are actually doing if the media is on your side then they because you've given them anonymous source information <laughs> that points to the opponent they put it in the paper or on television or ideally in the paper that is then picked up by television and radio. And so then all of a sudden you can say, see, mm -hmm. it's in the New York times or the daily Oklahoma or the, you know, whatever. And that, that generally authenticates what it is that the scheme, the fiction that you're telling that authenticates it. See, right. It's in the paper. It's on television. It's got to be true. Exactly. And so that's how all of this gets rolling. Yeah. Oh man. I just don't even, I'm just thinking about thinking about politics, right? This minute. <laughs> Did you, and as we record no, this, you know, the, the, uh, the first debate between, uh, President Trump yeah. and former Vice President Biden was on the, the other night. Did you watch it? I did that? watch it. Let me tell you, it's kind of interesting. So before I watched it, I uh, Facebook had been talking to me about registering to vote for a long time, which I just, in, you know, I'm registered, so I'm not sure why they kept saying it. But I went ahead and clicked the link. Well, maybe they wanted you to switch your affiliation, affiliation well, or maybe they wanted you to. Funny you should or say. Or maybe they wanted you to, to register under various other names. I'm not sure, but funny oh. you should say that because I did switch my affiliation. Did you? I did. I, um, I, well, here's what happened. I decided I was going to request an absentee ballot. Um, you know what? I'm sorry. No. This is scatter shooting and we don't go down it's different totally trails, fine. but you know what? Still amazes me hmm. how confused people are between mail-in voting and absentee ballot? yes it's they because think nobody's it's the explained same it. thing and it is far from the same thing. i know nobody's explained it because and this is why i'm glad i'm going to talk about it because i requested it and so here's the difference so just so everyone understands mail-in mail-in uh, voting which is what is being um championed by the left is unsolicited ballots sent to every registered voter, or maybe just every address? I don't even know the particular, but definitely we'll just say every registered voter. Yes, it's every reg. Well, yeah, every registered voter. But there are some people who are dead, right? Who are, who are still, still on the rolls. Yes, right. Because yes. they it's don't just, just clean like, them up. How many times do you get like where I live? You know, I I will get something that because other people have lived there in the past. Sure. I'll get something with my address on it, and it'll be a name that I'm like, I don't even right. know who this is. Well, I have never even heard of this person. Yeah, and we've already seen stories in the media of mail-in ballots showing up at addresses where, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Jeff Johns lives now, yeah. and there will be a ballot that will come in for somebody that Jeff has never heard of. Yeah. So what is, what would necessarily prevent Jeff from filling out his ballot and from filling out the ballot right. of the person that he doesn't know and sending him in. And I think that therein lies the specific issue that nobody wants to really talk about. And so I'm not going to say whether mail-in balloting is more prone to fraud. I'll let the listener decide. But what you just said is absolutely true. If you, if like my wife and I, the first 10 years of our marriage, we lived in 11 different places in 10 years. So 
Um, how many of you out there, when you move around, you do your change of address? I mean, a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't, right. especially in today's day and age. And, right. and why? Because nothing they get but junk mail. They don't right. care. Yes, so exactly. That's one part of it. The other part of it is a lot of the voters who vote in the general election only vote in the general election. So maybe you did put in a change of address three years ago after the election. What's going to happen? Maybe it shows up. Did you re-register? Did you change? I mean, who knows? My point is when you send it out based on the rolls and it's not solicited, there's no guaranteed update of that information. There's no effort to update that information. And so it just goes out. And as you said, there's been report after report, and you don't need even a report to know this. It's logic that says if you yes, send out a ballot, lo- it's logic. If you send out the ballot to every registered voter, that there are going to be a large number, and any number is not good, but a large number of them who will receive ballots they didn't request at a particular address in the name of somebody right, else. Right. Now, since we have that established, that's one thing to keep in mind. The other thing, and what most people are. There are a lot of people are um, debating over, and I think this is, I would say that there's a reason that they're trying to frame the debate on this end, because this end is arguable, and that is whether or not uh, those ballots are safe when they get in the mail. Now, that and absentee balloting is the same risk, right? So you have an absentee ballot, you're going to put it in the mail. And this is why I think it's wrong to frame the debate there, because yeah, of course, of course, it can get lost in mail. That's sure. That's right. not the argument. The argument is the fraudulent filling out. So just so everyone understands, when you do an absentee ballot, here's what you have to do. Can you be fraudulent? Of course you can. Sure. But you have to I mean, have... people lie. Yes. They do. But you have to have some information. Right. When I requested mine, they needed the last four of my social. They right. needed my address and my legal name. If someone has that, they could request the ballot. But guess what? It's going to go to your address. So unless you've moved, it will still go to your address. Now they can do an address change and things like that. But but it takes a lot more effort. It and, takes a lot more effort. And it's right. very intentional. People getting somebody right. else's ballot who are very... And this would work on any side of the fence here. It would, whether you're conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, whatever label you want to wear. If someone mails you a, a ballot that you didn't ask for and it's not in your name, I think... Anybody who is, not anybody, I think there are plenty of people who are fervent about their belief who would be Darn willing right, to brother. fill in that. Darn right. So I'm just waiting for more ballots to show up at <laughs> my place. Oh, stop drinking, Randy. <laughs> Don't say that. Now, uh, on the String Brace Network, we absolutely do not condone voter fraud, nor would uh, my esteemed colleague across the desk from me ever participate no. in it. No. Um, but that's no. the point, right? So. Yeah. I requested the absentee ballot, and let me just tell you why I requested it, because I will be here in the state, but um, in 2016, I almost didn't vote in the presidential election because of the lines, and in my experience recently with the COVID pandemic and the changes that it has made to our society, the thought of trying to go stand in a line now is nightmarish to me. So since I, uh, since I can just request one with no other, I mean, I can just check the box at the bottom. I think it said no reason at all or something. Right. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so I went ahead and requested it. And yeah. before I did that, I did change my political affiliation. Well, there I, you know, I saw a tweet from a guy that I known. He's not, he used to be in the uh, media. He sort of quasi is now, but not really tweets a lot. And uh, he, yeah, and I'm just like, really? You? You're doing this? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, well, you know, oh, yeah, mail-in ballots are just terrible. I got my absentee ballot and filled it out. And no problem. I've done that. You know, it's not the same thing. You know, I kind of wanted to go, Yeah, McFly. <laughs> McFly. Sound and so effects brought because, to you by. Because the... <laughs> That, that that may be lost on some people if you didn't see uh, Back, Back to the, the Future. future. But That's all right. That's our audience, bro. It's it fine. is. Or, yes. I've got the stats to back but that But how, you know, and, and people are, they confuse, and I, you know, I got to say, I mean, he's a relatively, I think, intelligent guy who ought to know the difference mm-hmm. b- between what he's talking about there. 
But he made it sound like it's the same thing. Well, he and probably no, did. It isn't. He, I'm sure he knows the difference. But like I said, the debate is being framed on the other side. Right. Yes, it is. And that's the it problem. Is. That's right. not where the issue is. That issue exists. And of course, it's there. And yes, there's uh, there's occasion of voter fraud through the mail in on that side of it where mail workers or whatever have thrown them away. We have like evidence of that. But that's not the argument. The argument is people getting unsolicited ballots. Right. And filling them out fraudulently. Right. And here's another issue when it comes to that. And, we, you know, and we need as a the Congress needs to do something ab- about this because, yeah. you know, the states, uh, you know, they're not every state allows actual willy nilly mail in voting. Right. But the ones that do. They don't. The rules aren't the same. They're different from state to state. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know why we can't, uh, at least, obviously, in local elections, I I guess, you know, you can have each state can have its own rules. But when a national election, I I don't know why we can't handle it the same way you handle your income tax returns. Mm -hmm. That if your mail-in ballot isn't postmarked, on either election day or actually probably even better the day before or a couple days before. I mean, you know, that's the way we do taxes. You know, the post office would be open till midnight. I remember, you know, you see the TV live shots of people at the main post office lined up trying to get their, put their taxes in and get that postmark before midnight on April 15th. Mm -hmm. Why can't we do that with, with elections that they have to be all be postmarked the same day that there are some states that, you know, they'll accept those mail-in ballots well after the election day. Yeah. What the hell kind of sense does that make? I know. It makes no sense because, you know, you're trying to determine who wins the election and we're all used to on election night getting the results mm-hmm. well you know if your mail-in ballots if they can be counted as late as and in a couple of states this is as late as i think a week to 10 days mm-hmm. after election day well how the heck are you how the heck are you going to get re- your results in when it's like that and it you know it may not matter all that much if we're talking about the local school board election. But mm-hmm. when you're talking about the president of the United States mm-hmm. and we're sitting here going 10 days later in an election like this one could very well be very close and we're 10 days down the road and we're like, well, we're still waiting on those mail-in ballots from pick a state. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if I was in any elected office at the national level, in the Senate, the Congress, and of course, if I was president, but that'll be 2024. It's not going to happen this year. Um, I mean, that's when I'm you know, right. Yes. running. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to win. I don't want to be that, you know, uh, confident. No, uh, if I was in any of those positions, one of the first things I would do going into uh, February of 2021 is I would put forth a bill or a plan or whatever, depending on my particular role, to bring digital voting by the next general election. You know, that's something that I, because so many things yep. nowadays, my phone's going, it's like people are listening to us <laughs> oh, right they're now. Listening, getting my friend. All kinds of, but they're listening. <laughs> it's, it's probably hate tweets. It's the NSA. Uh, could be. But, you know, we do so much digitally now, and it's relatively secure. But I mean, you know, you hear all it's the, more secure than mail-in voting. Sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, I was going to say, you know, you, you hear, you know, about some bank has been hacked or some Amazon's been hacked with your account information. The Chai comms are doing all kinds of things, you know, and, but uh, yes, why can't, I'm sure, you know, there's going to be arguments out there. Of course there will be that. Well, you know, not everybody has the internet and, Not everybody has this or not everybody has that. But let me just tell you something, brother. 
There's a lot of people. I'm holding this up as if we had a ditto cam. The cell phone. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have cell phones. Yes. A lot of people. It's going, it's going nuts. A lot of people know how to silence them, but you know that's a whole other conversation. You know, let me just ask you a question because here's something we call this show scatter shooting because we all of a sudden will go down a different path. I should have brought this up earlier. What thing, something that annoys me that I and I think it's just because my cell phone is old. You know, when I was here last week, I was telling you I really need to get a new cell phone. Right. It's a smartphone, but and it's great, but it is about probably three years old. And so something has probably malfunctioned with it, or I just don't know how to totally don't know how to do the settings. But when I'm listening to my major league baseball app Mm -hmm. and I'm listening to a game on the radio, I never used to notice this, but now when I'm listening to a game, I'll have an alert go off and it totally, it totally kills my baseball app. It just kills it. Yeah. You know, there when I'm listening to music on Spotify and I get a notification of a email or that somebody has posted something on Facebook that I don't care about or something like that, it will silence it for a couple of seconds and it comes right back. Mm-hmm. Well, when I'm listening to a baseball game, I'll get this and it's like it's gone. Yeah, totally silent. Yeah, and I went into the settings and I'm trying. I'm trying to like you know what. I don't want to have any notifications unless it is a text message. Yeah. Because I usually don't get text. The only text messages I get are from people I actually know. Yeah. That's good. And uh, and I thought that I had done that, but no. Like the other day, I'm listening to the Mastros, and I was driving to meet a, a friend of mine over at uh, Twin Peaks, and... You know, it's weird how this happens, <laughs> but I'm driving over there and I'm listening to the game and I would get a, just as here's the pitch and it's a long drop. And it, yeah. And I'm like, ah! and so I'd go, I had to pick my phone up and, and get the volume back up. And uh, it happened like three times. And every one of those times it was, it, it was a big moment. So I don't know how does this happen. It was a big moment in the game where it sounded like it was about to be a big moment in the game, and it's totally silent. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we're crying out loud. So I don't know. Well, if I had uh, endorsements from either of the major manufacturers, I would recommend something, <laughs> but I don't. Okay. And I will uh, happily take a look when we get off air and see if I can solve your problem for you. Um but yeah, <laughs> so okay. I'm well, just I saying. Also, I, I you know. truly am. I'm going to get a new phone here pretty soon, and then maybe I can set up well, everything. Without, Actually, what I need to do is come over here and have another one of those yeah. Jeremy Griffin uh, lessons on uh, tech because I am a technological idiot. Well, and, and you know, yeah. most people who know me well uh, know what I would recommend. And again, until I get an endorsement, we're going to keep that recommendation to myself. But okay. Uh, if you guys want to know, I mean, text me or call me or email me or whatever. Or maybe after we're done, you can just, you know, let me know. No, well, I'll I, let I, you know. I, I mean, totally interrupted what you were about to say. I don't even know if you we remember. Were, well, what you were we were about talking about digital voting, and I was just saying that I would make that happen. And here's why I would say, okay, so um, clearly Apple and Google and Amazon, we'll, we'll throw them in, all three really have a pretty big dog in the hunt. And they want people to vote. And you would think that the government could easily request that those three tech giants even work together to create a secure voting option, at least for the general and the midterms. And I think in doing that, what? because here's the deal, what should be the goal of our federal government and, and, and really all of our elected officials should be to encourage every citizen to vote. Yes. We should want that. And right yes, now. Absolutely. Our, I mean, what's right. wrong with it? We should want everybody right. who is eligible. Who's legal and eligible. Yes. Should be able to vote easily. Right. And and that's the thing. We have one third participation in general in our general election. I would assume, given the fact that the general election for president of the United States is what I'm referring to. Uh, is probably the highest turnout. Sure. 
So that means no we have question. less than a third. You know, there are some there are there are some local elections and and you know, I, I you know, the country doesn't care about, you know, who's the on the city council in Oklahoma City or, or who's on the school board in Edmond or, you know, whatever. A lot of people in Oklahoma City and Edmond right. probably don't care either. But, you know, there are, you know, these decisions are being made by a really a tiny fraction, tiny fraction right. of the eligible voters. Right. Generally, a lot of local elections, uh, you're, you tend to be lucky if you get a turnout of around 10%, mm-hmm. 15% if it's a highly contested or you have a, a big name or some big issue going on. But you usually never get into the 40, 50, 60 percent of right. of the eligible voters actually casting yeah. a ballot. Imagine this world. Imagine that if you had a secure app that required verification at every step of the way. In my mind, uh, anytime there's a vote, you're going to re-verify everything, no matter what. Why sure. not? Why right? not? Um, and so imagine that. And then you talk about like how much money is spent just in advertising for people to go vote on a particular state question. That nobody yeah. really knows about. Now they're still right. going to do those ads because they want sure. you to vote one way they or the want, other. They want to vote one way or another. But right. but how many times? I mean, like we're talking about. Let's say this app existed where um, it you know knew what region you're in because you told it, not because it's following you. But this is where because it doesn't matter if you're in Dallas if you're a citizen. And you know, again, going back to to I mean, if you're a citizen of Oklahoma City. If you go back to the idea of absentee balloting, it kind of just solves that problem too. It doesn't matter where you are. Here's where you're eligible to vote. With that said, it would notify you a simple thing. Hey, this is the state question that's coming up. You maybe wouldn't have voted on it otherwise. You maybe wouldn't know, but you do care about it. I think the point is, as, as we both agree, we want participation in the process. And there's no better single way to get participation than create an app. I promise you. And I don't, there's no way that there could be an argument against this outside of the security. And if you start bringing in the likes of Apple, Amazon, and Google to execute, security will not be an issue. Oh, you'll have an argument. I mean, there'll be an argument. Know, people will just they'll be, be wrong and, and motivated right. by no, something otherwise. Right. Yes. I absolutely, yes. I absolutely agree. And, um, you know, and, and I, uh, you know, there's such a move now to get people to register to vote. I've been registered for a long time. I've lived at my same address now for several years. Uh, But now it is so easy. And I went back and looked at the process of registering to vote the way it is right now. You know, you can go to the website. It's okvote.com, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is extraordinarily easy to do whatever you need to do. Yeah, it really I mean, is. and you can get you can get this done in less than five minutes. Oh, it took me less than one minute to change my affiliation yeah. and have the absentee ballot sent to me. Right. Yeah. And and you can go you can go on there and you know and I, what I uh, added when I went on there was email notifications and I'm I'm usually pretty well informed when it comes to you know, what's coming up, but I, you know, I mean, Hey, I, you know, occasionally we'll miss something. And so I, I wanted email notifications on there. So I clicked that. And so I'll get an email notification of, you know, whatever is within my, uh, district district or my area. Yeah. You know, Hey, you have a school board election coming up in, uh, you know, in your uh, zip code or your address uh, area, or you have a whatever it is, county sheriff, president, you know, whatever. And uh, so it's extremely easy. And I, I don't, and, and so I, I think, you know, some people are just dead set against, you know, you're talking about let's have an, an app where you can do all of this. Some people and many of them more than likely are older and they're like, I'm not giving hell i'm not giving my information to right. you know put that out there on that dang uh, internet thing i don't want the jack to know where i live you know that right. sort of thing 
I'm not saying replace walk-up voting. I'm not either. In I'm fact, just saying make I, it an option. I, I always, I mean, I've, when, now, I'm not saying that I've, I haven't voted in every single election that's come down the road. I've voted in many, mm-hmm. and I'm darn sure voting, I've voted in every major election since I was uh, an idiot of voting. Because there are some, there are <laughs> some, some votes you regret. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? Let me ask this quick question. Did you ever vote for somebody that you, that you regret voting for that did win? Uh, that I regret voting for that did. That did win. win. Yeah. In other words, where you felt like, hey, yes. I actually contributed. Okay. Yes. Jimmy Carter. Oh, and the reason I voted, one of the reasons I voted, well, I mean, it was 19, I was my, I was a sophomore in college. Yes, I was an idiot. And I had met Jimmy Carter. Oh. He came to Stillwater. Well, there you go. And I, you know, and I thought, you know, this, this guy dude. seems like a good dude. Seems like my guy, he's a peanut farmer. A for lot crying of people out voted for him. I grew up in <laughs> Southern Oklahoma. Yeah. He seemed like, and he was very personable and I met him, shook his hand and all like this. I was with the campus radio station, talked to him a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to vote for the guy. And by the way, this is why and presidents yes, campaign. I, right. Because right, exactly. voted for him. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, I later on in life, it was, I, I kind of compared me voting to Jimmy Carter Sometimes, you know, at the at a horse race, people will put money down on the gray horse. Yeah. Or because the jockey's wearing colors they like or mm. something like that. That's generally being an idiot also. And <laughs> you know, so yes, I I regretted <laughs> regretted that. Yeah. Well, but, I, I, yes, I, I do. I, I realize there'd be a lot of resistance and a lot of the older folks uh who um older generation would be against it, but again, I go back to the simple thing. You're not you're not getting rid of walk up voting. In fact, you're probably helping walk up voting significantly. Right. You're reducing the number, or you right. as would assume you're reducing the number. And I, you know, like this this year because it's going to be nuts. Uh, oh, and your results, by the way, instantaneous. Right, instantaneous. Yeah. Sure, instantaneous. And uh, but I, I mean, I'm I am uh, going to my polling place and uh, on. You know, on, on most elections, because of my work schedule, generally I will show up at, at my polling place around two o'clock in the afternoon because because I, I get to work before the polls open. Mm-hmm. And I'm generally done at the office by around 11 or noon, somewhere in there. But I'm not going to go straight to the polling place because, you know, a lot of people take vote their at lunch. Right. They mm-hmm. vote at lunch. But I generally don't have anything going in, in the in most afternoons. And so I'm going to head over around two o'clock because I'm, my thinking in this is I will miss the lunch rush and it should be before the going home yeah. rush. People's coming by after work or something like that. Obviously other people in my situation are thinking the same darn right, thing, right? but I'm going to go over there and I'm going to be prepared to get there at two o'clock and hang out till seven if need be. Yeah. Because I am darn sure not missing Good on you, this man. vote. You know, the thing that's been, the COVID's messed up that whole timing thing. Cause I'm in the same, but I'm like, you know what? I went to the tag agency the other day. For those of you who are out of state, a lot of it's called, they call the DMV, but for us we went to the tag agency and, uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to hit this place about two forty-five, three o'clock. Thinking, well, this this is a sweet spot; it's perfect. Everybody's at work. Mm, nope, nope, right. because so many people aren't at work, and they had the same thought. Right. So, right, I've just decided, you know, the best time to go is just after five, when everybody would normally go, because everyone's avoiding it. You know, <laughs> yeah, that. But like I said, Probably I don't have anything, and I, so I'm just going to go ahead and go at my usual time. Which two o'clock is when I usually go. And, you know, sometimes when I have voted at two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm the only guy in there. That's awesome. It depends upon, obviously, you know, what the election is. But sometimes it would be there be the governor would be up for election or reelection. 
but I would still, you know, showing up there, that was kind of my uh, sweet spot. So I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to be prepared that I am just going to, I am going to be hanging out till, I mean, hopefully I'm not still there at seven o'clock. Yeah. And if I am, I am brother. Well, I appreciate your commitment to decision 2020. And with that, golly jeepers, we've already already spent an hour. Holy (laughs) cow. With that, that ends this edition of Scatter Shooting. Ratatat boom. And if you've listened to this show, I mean that, this particular show, it's kind of why we call it Scatter Shooting, because by gosh, we were all over the place today. I'm Randy Renner. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. Join us next time for another edition of Scatter Shooting, where we talk about anything and everything. Have a great rest of your day, whatever time it is. Uh-huh.